0: athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. We appreciate your listening. Uh, Tonight, as I said a couple of weeks ago, we have an interview with Brad Smith. Brad Smith is a uh, member of the Atlanta Triathlon Club, and he's a leader uh, in the paratriathlon movement, Uh, both a leader as an athlete, as a paratriathlete himself, um, and as an advocate for other people to get involved in paratriathlon. And he has a lot to say about that. So, without any further ado, let's hear our interview with Brad Smith. So today we have with us Brad Smith. Brad grew up in Ohio. Um, He got his degree from Ohio University, uh, his master's degree from Ohio State University. Uh, He was a physical ed teacher, PE teacher for a while, and then more recently got a master's degree from Georgia State University and now is a high school counselor. what brings Brad onto our show is that Brad is a accomplished paratriathlete, um, and uh, he's going to tell us more about paratriathlon and all the ins and outs of that. So, Brad, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so, first of all, I guess, tell us about this past weekend. I know it was a big weekend for you and for paratriathlon in general.
1: Yeah, so this past weekend was our Southeastern Region Paratriathlon Championship. Uh, we did the Chattahoochee Challenge Sprint Triathlon in Columbus, Georgia, and uh, we've had it there for the championship the last three years. And it's a great race because it's a downriver swim, a pretty flat bike, and then a pancake flat run. So it's it's been really good to us the last three years. And Joanne Kogel is the race director, and she does a great job. She's willing to to make any accommodations for the para triathletes uh, that needs to be done. And um, we, it was it was a good weekend for sure. Very good. So how many how many people competed? Well, we only had three this year. Uh, we had two wheelchair division, and then one uh, we call the PC Open division. Mm-hmm. So, um, there was just uh, the three of us, which in the past we've had up to six Mm -hmm. um, at the championship race, Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was a little disappointing to have only three, but um, one guy couldn't come out and race because he was injured, and a couple other people just couldn't make it, so we just ended up with the three.
0: Very good. And then, so how'd it go? Uh,
1: It was good. Yeah, so the weather ended up being really nice, because last year it was blazing hot there. Okay. Um, But we started... We didn't start super early. It was about 7.30 when we got going. Um, So it's only about an hour and a half race, so being a sprint distance. Um, So we were done before it got really, really warm. But, um, yeah, the water temperature was great. And, again, downriver swim, so that current. (laughs) We all like downriver swims. Yes, I I enjoyed that. And then out on the bike, it was still still pretty shaded in Mm -hmm. in a lot of part of it. And some of it was on a a bike path coming back in towards the river. And uh, so that kept the sun off of us. And then the run was in downtown Columbus. And uh, it was it was a pretty fast course, so it wasn't like we were out there in the heat for very long. So mm-hmm. it was it was it was a good day for sure. Very good, very good. And they, they had they ran your race alongside the able-bodied triathlete race. Is that right? Right. So the way it works is typically the para triathletes start first. Will be the first wave. And then all the able-bodied folks start however the the waves start. Because in this specific race, they do a time trial start. So it was probably three to five minutes after we started. Then Mm -hmm. they started the the age groupers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then typically on the bike, a lot of them start to pass us. um, Because for me, at least, I'm a slower swimmer. So Mm -hmm. some of the age groupers will catch me either in the swim, in the water, or just early on on the bike. And then Mm -hmm. throughout the race... Sometimes you'll have people catching you. And a lot of times on the run, the wheelchair athletes can, can kind of chase down a lot of those runners that, that pass this on the bike.
0: Right on. Right on. Yeah, I was chased down by the wheelchair winner a couple years ago at Kona, <laughs> as a matter of fact. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was able to hold him off, but he, yeah, yeah. he did a 220 marathon. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah they're, they're, they can
1: be fast. If they're at Kona, they're fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Very good. Very good. Well, well, um,
1: do you know the other people that compete? You said there are three of you. Yeah, so the, all three of us are all part of the uh, Atlanta Triathlon Club mm-hmm. para-triathlon program. Great. So Ken Higgins was the other wheelchair athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lives here in town. And then John Pulliam, he's a single-leg amputee. So he's in the PC Open division because he rides a regular bicycle with a, uh, with a prosthetic leg, mm-hmm. but then he uses a racing wheelchair to do the run. Okay. So the reason we he's categorized as the PC Open is because the wheelchair division, you have to use a hand cycle and a racing wheelchair for the race. So if you only use one of those, then we can put you in the PC Open division, which is a, can encompass a lot of different disabilities or using a combination of equipment like John does. Okay,
0: I see. So, so let's actually spend a little bit more time talking about that. So, mm-hmm. so like what, what makes someone a paratriathlete or a PC Open? Or, or, yes. or how, how, how
1: do you get into those divisions? So the, the paratriathlon is anybody with a physical disability that wants to participate in triathlon. And if you're gonna going to compare or compete at like the national championship level, they put us in categories. So like try one, try two, try three, and so on. So the the try one would be the wheelchair division. So obviously, like I said earlier, you have to use a hand cycle for the bike portion and mm-hmm. a racing wheelchair for the run.
0: And hand cycle is the thing that we've seen where people. Cycle with their hands, I suppose. Yes. It's It's
1: basically an arm-cranked bike. Um, So it has the same type of gears as a road bike has. Uh, And the pedals, you pedal both arms at the same time versus alternating, like, a Mm -hmm. lot of people, like what you do with your legs. Mm -hmm. So it's – and it's a pretty cool machine. Uh, I get a lot of stares. Um, A lot of people are really interested in it because it kind of looks like a bike, but it's just – configured a lot different so mm-hmm. the, the drive wheel is the front wheel mm-hmm. so it's like you take a regular bicycle and flip it upside down and put that, that wheel out in front of okay, you okay. so the, the the crank is right in front of my face and that's what I'm using with my hands like mm-hmm. what you would use with your legs mm-hmm. and then the cassette and the, the chain go out in front that's of funny. me So uh, and my head's probably 2-3 feet off the ground so I'm mm-hmm. pretty low to the ground and pretty aerodynamic so right. the downhills are great and the flats are okay but the uphills are, are mm-hmm. a big challenge in that
0: yeah, yeah, and so that that's try
1: one, then yes. two, three. So yeah, so there's kind of the middle categories. It, they've changed over the last couple of years, and now it's more of they measure your abilities. So you have to get tested. They'll, they'll test your muscles to see what kind of muscle, mm-hmm. muscle ability you have. So if you are severely impaired or um, mildly impaired and so on. So you'll fit in kind of the middle category. So there's like a two, three, and four. And then there's a visually impaired category as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and with that one, they broke it a couple of years ago. They broke it up into two groups. So and was, and visually
0: impaired is completely separate from the wheelchair categories. Is
1: that right? Yeah. So it's, okay. so it would be like, a, it's just a different try number, mm-hmm. to try one, two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we still compete together typically in a race. Um, but the visually impaired athlete, they would use a guide for that. And then, um, they're kind of their own category. So they're competing mm-hmm. specifically against other visually impaired athletes. Right. Um, so, again, like in our race that we did this past weekend, we all started together no matter what our disability is. In mm-hmm. um, most smaller races, you'll do that. But then if you get to, like, national championships, they'll start in waves by try one, try two, try three, and so on. So we'll mm-hmm. split them up that way.
0: Very good. And so are there – and then, then physically challenged – that's mm-hmm. you said that's like John Pulliam who has a prosthetic leg and so he right. uses some regular equipment, some different equipment. What's the Yeah,
1: so the PC open division. So mm-hmm. that's if you're not if you don't fit into any of those categories mm-hmm. so which John doesn't because he's not a wheelchair athlete or not, I guess considered a wheelchair athlete in mm-hmm. paratriathlon because he uses a regular bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why he's split up. Then there might be somebody who uses a recumbent trike. because mm-hmm. um, for a long time trikes were not allowed in, in paratriathlon. Mm-hmm. Um, So just this past, it was last season, they started allowing trikes. And that could be somebody that has some type of a balance issue. There's Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of guys that have PTSD Mm -hmm. or um, some other kind of, uh, they've had some other kind of injury that they just can't ride a regular bicycle, Mm -hmm. um, but they can sit down on a a recumbent trike Mm -hmm. and they don't have to worry about balance and they can just Mm -hmm. focus on pedaling and that's fine for them. Mm -hmm. So we had a guy at the regional championship last year, that's what he rode. So, um, that's what he was into was the, um, the, 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 trike setup. So that worked out well. And he was a PC open as well. Gotcha. And is there just that one PC open and then, or is there, is there divisions inside of PC? No, as well? it's just a PC open. So, uh, and it's, when I talk to new people that are interested in paratriathlon, it's, it's not really fair for everybody mm-hmm. because there could be people riding different types of bikes in that category. Mm-hmm. It could be different levels of disability. It's just because of the equipment they're using. So it's, not completely going to be fair for everybody, but it's like in the wheelchair division, um, there's uh, double leg amputees that that compete, mm-hmm. and then there can be quadriplegics that compete. Mm-hmm. So that's those are completely different disabilities, but we all use a wheelchair, mm-hmm. so that's the category that we're mm-hmm. in. Um, so for me, it's you know it's not going to be fair for everybody, but mm-hmm. I feel like for me individually, I like to go out and compete, have fun, and that's my main objective. So. Um, it is nice to beat people, but you know it's not necessarily going to be fair or a level playing field for everybody. Okay. Yeah, it's just a little bit more complicated. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Within the disability sports, so stuff.
0: It, so somebody who's a W amputee, then because you just mentioned mm-hmm. that somebody who's a W amputee, depending on whether they use prosthetics or a wheelchair, would determine what division they're actually in, whether they're physically challenged or if they're or if they're in try. Of the wheelchair sure. divisions.
1: Right. So again, if they, if they use wheelchair, hand cycle in a wheelchair, like, um, Craig Chabort. he's, uh, yeah. from Rome, he lives up in Rome, Georgia. Mm-hmm. He's the one, one of the ones that has done Kona. He, he'll be going to the Paralympics this year, representing the U S. Cool. Um, so that's exciting, but he's a double leg amputee, but he, uh, since he uses wheelchair, he's in the world the try one division, mm-hmm. but then there might be somebody that's a double amputee that has prosthetic legs that rides a regular bicycle. Scott, Rydsby. like Scott Ridsby. So he would be uh, like a PC open division. Um, Potentially, so it, it kind of, again, it, it depends on the, the level of disability. So they may categorize him and try three, for example, if he has severe disability. Mm-hmm. Um, but if not, then he could be in the PC open division. Gotcha, something who, like
0: that. Who, who does that testing? Yeah, How so, that, so USA
1: USA Triathlon does yeah. the national testing, and mm-hmm. then like ITU, they they can there can do you can do some um, like worldwide. Like if you're going to compete in the ITU races as a paratriathlete triathlete, then then you have to get categorized. Mm-hmm through them as well. I got you. But yeah, it's like a national organization that does that.
0: And they, and they have, I I presume of course they have standards around Mm -hmm. like, like what you're capable of doing and all that sort of thing. And so, um, okay. And so, so to be, let's see, I can't think of exactly the, the, the right way of phrasing this. Maybe you can, but it's a question that's sort of lingering and I don't want to just leave it out there. So let's say that I, um, who fortunately, don't have any disabilities. I, I, let's say that I decided I wanted to w- race in the wheelchair division. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I don't have any disabilities, even though I, I, I um, could run
1: without a wheelchair and I mm-hmm. could cycle without a hand cycle, right. could I do that? Um, I think you could. Like at a local race, um, at like a national championship, I don't think that would be allowed because again they measure your level of ability versus disability but I think uh, at a local race you could probably do something like that Mm -hmm. Um, because I know I have some people that are interested in doing a triathlon with disability but they want to use a flotation device for example Mm -hmm. uh, for the swim and you can't do that at like the national championship level but if you do at a local level you can be in considered that PC open division for just the results Mm -hmm. really because most people that want to do it they don't care about the results or beating people they just want to compete in a triathlon which is great. So, so what what I do as as the person, or I guess, kind of the liaison that talks with the race director, um, as long as that flotation device or whatever it is the person wants to use doesn't cause an issue of safety for the individual or for other athletes, then we can do it. So, if it's wearing a flotation device or wearing a um, wearing a wetsuit, because for the wheelchair division, you can wear a wetsuit at any water temperature, mm. but the other PC or the other um, para-triathletes, they can't wear a wetsuit at every mm-hmm. water temperature. So it's that one's kind of a, a, a weird one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it helps us float as a wheelchair division right. athlete. It helps me float. Um, but if an athlete that's not a wheelchair division person wanted to wear a wetsuit and it's not normally legal, you know they could, and it's just like what well, able body folks, maybe they don't show up in the results or, or something like that. So there's, there's ways to for people to compete at the paratriathlon mm-hmm. with um, some modifications that typically would not be allowed at, like, national championship type stuff. But we can allow it as long as it's, if, as long as it's safe for that individual and the other participants. Gotcha. And then you mentioned PTSD a few
0: minutes ago. Yeah. And so, so do, does the Physically Challenged Division or perhaps some of the accommodations that you were just talking about – um, can those be extended to people with PTSD or, or even things like autism or something like that?
1: Yeah, so um I don't think necessarily just specifically with PTSD or autism, but if there's a physical disability along with it. Mm-hmm. Um okay. because usually with a um with PTSD for example, some of the um some of the, the folks coming back from the military having issues with that. If they have something so severe that PTSD might be part of it, but if there's something else that's causing balance issues mm-hmm. or if they have other kinds of injuries coming back, then then they can be categorized. But I, I guess I, can't, I wouldn't say no to PTSD as, as specifically as a, the physical disability that can be categorized because you would have some type of limitations. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the specifics of how they measure that. Like, right. I know there's at least one physical therapist and a couple other people that that are in the room because uh, I've been categorized at nationals before. So I don't know what specifically they would look for in an athlete that's with a different disability than what I have. But I, I would think there may be something if the the person physically couldn't mm-hmm. do something. Like yeah. again, it seems like balance would be mm-hmm. one for some of the folks because um, I know. One of the athletes that that, uh, that we competed with before at, at Columbus, the, the race we just did, he's been there before. Uh, I know his balance wasn't that good, that's why he used the trike, and he used a cane to walk. So I don't know what other disabilities he had along with the PTSD, but I know that was something that yeah. that was causing some issues yeah. for him.
0: And certainly a lot of a lot of issues that that are born out of warfare could mm-hmm. could bring PTSD with them. Yes, yeah. Right. So you mentioned a second ago that, that, about liaising with, uh, with, with race directors. Right. Can you talk a little bit about that and sort of sure. what you do and, and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, so I know when I first started um, at race, just doing, wanting to do races, it became a point where you, you just had to figure out what races you could do. So now what I do is reach out to race directors and ask them. If they, if they think their race is wheelchair-friendly, because, again, being a wheelchair athlete, that's my number one thing. Because if a wheelchair athlete can do the race, then typically the other athletes with physical disabilities can do it. Because mm. um, just having the wheelchair accessibility or the ability to carry somebody out of the water and, and things like that. Um, so I, I look at that, because a lot of races are not wheelchair-friendly. Whether that's having a, a huge, steep hill that you have to run up out of the water, mm-hmm. so it would make it difficult for somebody to carry an athlete out of the water or if the the big thing i come across is the run a lot of times they'll have sand or dirt or gravel or grass that just doesn't make it safe or easy for a wheelchair athlete but some of those races uh like the john tanner sprint triathlon uh, john pulliam does that run in a racing wheelchair mm. so um so it can be done and there's some off-road in there yes there's a lot of in there actually <laughs> yes. as i think
0: about it yeah there's some grass and some some
1: yep there you know. is but he does it in a racing wheelchair, so, so, it it, so it can be done. So what I do is I'll reach out to the race director and ask him ask him some questions. Um, and a lot of times I'd like to go out and see the race course if I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it doesn't always happen, so sometimes you just have to take their word for it. But it's difficult because sometimes people think, yes, it, of course you can come out and do it, and it's not really that wheelchair friendly. Or they think, oh, no, you're in a wheelchair. There's no way you could do this race, and it's actually not that big a deal. So it, it's hard just knowing the, the person's... Perspective on what they think disability is and what they think wheelchair accessibility is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that's the challenge as kind of the, um, I guess, kind of a lead person, and at least throughout the southeast, is to trying to figure out what races are wheelchair friendly, Mm -hmm. and then kind of advertising those to folks that would want to compete in those races. Uh, Because right now, a lot of the ones I've done are just here in Georgia. So I'm trying to reach out and then find some in other states in the in the southeast to try to either race them myself or talk to people that have raced them and see whether they are paratriathlon friendly right. or, and or wheelchair friendly.
0: Mm-hmm. And then and then once you find a race or a bunch of races that mm-hmm. are wheelchair friendly and, and, and paratriathlete para- friendly, uh, then what? And can, Do you kind of put out the word? or I, I know that yeah. you compete in them, of course, Right, but, right. But, but so So else? the last
1: couple of years, I've, I've created a, a series, like a paratriathlon series. Okay. But it was difficult because only a few people show up at each race, or there might be one race where I'm the only person there. So I feel like I need to start reaching out more to find more athletes, and then... I'm also reaching out to race directors, trying to find more races, and then connecting those athletes with the races, right. and uh, that's kind of my, my challenge now or, or my, um, my goal because uh, I know I'm part of the, the Southeast Regional Council for USA Triathlon, and that's one thing I want to do is, is reach out to race directors throughout the whole Southeast more And then also educate them on what paratriathlon is and then what is paratriathlon-friendly races. Mm-hmm. And the national, uh, USAT, like the national division, they have a, um, a list of paratriathlon-friendly races. So I want to try to get our local races in the southeast on that list and I also have a southeast-specific list. Uh, so people will have a resource. They can, if they see a race that friends are doing they can look up on this list to see if it's already on there Mm -hmm. and if it's not they can reach out to the race director or they can reach out to me and hopefully i can start building that that network of race directors and and racers and finding out what's what's doable and what's maybe not as doable
0: very good so so race directors and racers mm-hmm. so you kind ha- of you, you you get the races that, that that work for you and then of course the other side of that coin is is getting the people to come to the races yes. so you try and recruit more mm-hmm. athletes and and more people to get into triathlon into paratriathlon. can you right. talk a little bit about that yeah yeah so we
1: my wife and I we started the the paratri- your, wife, your
0: wife by the way is Carrie Smith who is yes. the physical therapist extraordinaire that we interviewed a few <laughs> weeks ago so so uh, it's like the Smith Show. Anyway, keep yeah, going. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so Carrie and I started the paratriathlon program within the Atlanta Triathlon Club, which we wanted to do that and have a have a place for able-bodied athletes and athletes with disabilities to train together and to race together because I feel like that's a that's a great community. I didn't want to have them separate, you know, have our own club of paratriathletes and do our own thing because I feel like part of racing is is that social aspect and. I do not want to just hang out with people with disabilities. Um, I wanted to hang out with just anybody. So, it, and it's nice to kind of combine that because um, as an individual with a disability, sometimes you almost feel disconnected from society or disconnected from yeah. the community. So it's nice to kind of reintegrate some of us. Cause I know when I went back to graduate school after my injury, it was, I felt like I was back in society. And so that was a big, de- kind of a big deal. So I feel like it's the same thing with sport. It's, I don't want to have a segregated i would like us as athletes with disabilities to to kind of mix and mingle with able-bodied athletes so that's why we created the program the way it is and now i'm trying to recruit more people to be part of our program because it's a great program it's free for para triathletes and we have the same access to all the all the great things that the atlanta tri club has and and does with the swimming pool access and any of the bike or, or running courses which some running courses aren't aren't wheelchair friendly, but, um, typically everything else, we can swim everywhere that the club swims, we can bike everywhere that the club bikes. Um, well, as long as you're strong enough to go to the gaps Mm -hmm. on the hand cycle. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so, and people with different disabilities besides wheelchair, um, like a single leg amputee can go out to all the runs that the club does or visually impaired athlete with a guide can go on all these things. So Mm -hmm. it's, um, so that was kind of what I wanted to do. So now I'm just trying to grow the, grow the program. And then along with that, I guess simultaneously, I'm trying to grow things throughout the Southeast as well because I know there's people in Tennessee and Alabama and South Carolina and so on that have disabilities that are doing triathlons, so I'm just trying to connect with those folks. So um, And again, being part of the, the Southeast Regional Council, I at least have a contact in most all the states so I can reach out to them if they see somebody with a disability competing. Uh, maybe I can try to get in contact with that person that way. And just, again, trying to create a net or a network of, of information for people so we can educate the, the athletes, the race directors, um, and everybody involved. And that's also another thing I like is when we're out competing, sometimes people see us and they're like, hey, I have a brother or a cousin or, mm-hmm. an, or an uncle that has a disability. How can he get involved with this? And that's another big thing that I really like, that grassroots competition versus going to big national races. Um, the national races are, are great, but I really like doing that local stuff. Mm-hmm. So... We can be more visible when people can see. Hey, so this guy's in a wheelchair, but he can compete. Can compete, or this person has only well, has one leg and look at him swimming faster than I do. Mm-hmm. So it's. Um, I think that's neat, and um, it, it's it's partially inspiring to some people. But I know a lot of people with disabilities don't want to be don't want to hear that they're inspiring because they hear it a lot. But you know, I feel like it. It is a good thing. I I feel like the people with disabilities help the able-bodied athletes because it's kind of inspiring to them and also the able-bodied athletes help us because they're out there cheering for us and for me, I need people helping me do the race because I have to have handlers take mm-hmm. me out of the water and help me get mm-hmm. in my chair and all that so um, we, we, I feel like we need each other or it's its really cool to have that connection between yeah. the two groups
0: yeah, that you, you feed off of one another yeah yeah, absolutely, fuel one another very good well, you mentioned handlers during a race mm-hmm. and, and I'm thinking about you're your getting more people involved and that sort of thing and and it's not quite like it would be for an able-bodied athlete. who's just like, yeah, just get out there and just do it because right. you can't just get out there and do it. Can yep. you talk a little bit? Because because you and and without going too much into it, you um, uh, did triathlons prior to being in a wheelchair, uh, prior to the to the wreck that put you into the wheelchair. Yep. Um, and so, so you've done it both as an able-bodied athlete and now as, as, as a wheelchair athlete. Can you talk about some of the, the specific challenges that you, you face as a wheelchair athlete?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, the big thing, I think, would be finding races like we've already talked about. So that's a challenge. But once you find a race, then I need to have handlers. So I can't, like you said, I can't just show up to a race and do it. So I need two people that, can, that are strong enough that can pick me up out of my wheelchair and put me in the water. Then after I swim the course come and come back, they need to pick me up and put me... Back into the chair. Then once I get to transition, they help me get into my hand cycle, and then I go out and do the bike course. And then when I get back, they help me get into my racing chair. So you, quick side note:
0: so you, so you transition from the water into the transition area on your own. They don't they don't carry you
1: from the water into the transition right, area. Right. Right. So m- most races, the way it's set up is there's going to be a length of there's going to be a distance between the exit right. of the water to the transition area. So what they what the rules state is that I have to push my everyday chair. Where it's safe to push. Mm-hmm. So typically like um, a race at West Point Lake, for example, the exit is up a, up a boat ramp. So once I get to the top of the boat ramp, that's where my handlers put me in my chair. And then I have to push all the way into transition. Okay, And then they can't help me move forward. So, um, I can't have them push my everyday chair while I'm in it. Um, if I'm in the hand cycle or the racing chair, they can't push me forward in it. They can help me maneuver it around. If we need to rotate the front end around, they can pick up the front wheel and and rotate it around, but they can't push me forward. Gotcha. So, uh, but yeah, so I push myself all the way up into transition and to my hand cycle. While and, in my and, and
0: chair. Do, you, do you transition into your hand cycle so that you yeah that? so
1: straight out of my chair I'll oh, transfer man. down into the hand cycle okay and then i have my handlers help put my feet in because we have i have these um kind of little foot stirrups uh that they put velcro straps across my ankles just so my feet don't don't come out mm-hmm. so they'll do that and then when i get back they have to undo those velcro straps and put my feet on the ground then i transfer myself out onto the ground or i have a mat that i use so i'll sit on that but once i'm Out of the hand cycle they have to pick me up and put me in my racing chair okay and then sometimes I'll have them help the help me put the back strap on that holds me in it and then I'll strap my feet strap my legs together and then I'm ready to go very good so what about what about training challenges Mm -hmm. yeah so training it would be similar for um for all the disabilities I think um so for wheelchair athletes you got to have something that's accessible so I. Some people can't just roll out their front door and go for a workout. I mean, even able-bodied, not every, every able-bodied athlete can do that. So we have to find a place to, uh, to go. Um, we have to be able to transport our equipment. Mm-hmm. So, again, if it's if it's a hand cycle in a wheelchair, a racing wheelchair, then you've got to have a vehicle big enough to do it, or somebody else can kind of help you do that. Um, then a lot of us need help. So for me specifically, I still need help strapping my feet, and I can't. Some wheelchair athletes can reach down and, and throw their legs into those foot stirrups And uh, I just haven't been able to do that. So I need somebody to help me do that. Um, For my racing chair, getting in it, I get in from the back side of the racing chair. Um, So, And it's it's pretty tippy. So it's real heavy in the back, light on the front. So if I'm jumping in the back, it's going to pop a wheelie. Mm -hmm. So I like to have somebody hold the front end down. (laughs) Um, But I did come up with something where I can, it's kind of a little contraption that I created that can go in the hitch of my van. So I can put the front wheel underneath that. It's a piece of PVC pipe, so I can put my front wheel under that and get in the chair by myself. Mm. Um, but typically, you wouldn't want to have somebody with you. Right. And then if it's a, and that's
0: just to go out train.
1: That's just to go out for push, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you are visually impaired athlete, you need to find a guide. You can't just go out by yourself. No matter, mm-hmm. even if you have the live in the best location, you are not necessarily going to be able to run right out your front door or ride your bike right out your front door. You need to have a guide with you. Mm-hmm. And then you also need a tandem bike for visually impaired uh. athletes. So if you don't already have a tandem bike, you need to figure out how that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, so there's the equipment need for athletes. So if you don't already have it, who can you borrow it from or how can you purchase that? Uh, and then once you have all that, it's how do you get that equipment someplace? Mm-hmm. And then what places are available for us? Um, Cause I know some people are a little leery of riding a hand cycle or pushing a racing chair out on an open road. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there a bike path close by uh, or accessible for, uh, for that individual? So it's, um, yeah, it's, it, we have all the same kind of issues as able-bodied athletes. And then we have a few others kind of right. added on top of that. Cause you know, this, this sport isn't cheap for everybody. It's not easy for everybody. Um, but then we have those kind of extra layers of right. challenge as well.
0: Right. Very good. Well, you are an exercise physiology major and a PE coach mm-hmm. is. Is, there, um, is the physiology the same when it comes to training? Um, I mean, do, do, you, do you try and go about doing the same things when you're training yourself that, that I would be going about doing when I'm training myself?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, it's pretty much it's very similar. Um, I couldn't say it's the same. And then from disability to disability, it would be different. Um, and then people's experiences with, with sport and training as well because I know some athletes or some people were not athletes before their injury or their disability, and mm-hmm. now they are. So they may not be used to pushing themselves um, or, you know, when something hurts, they're not sure if it's pain or discomfort or just pushing hard. So, um, so I think that's, a, 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 I guess, another layer of it. But for me, I, I train just like I did before. Um, so I can do you know, go to the track and do track workouts or just do interval work or ride the trainer. Um, I have a set of rollers for my handcycle or my racing chair, so I can push my racing chair indoors. And I basically do like a like a, a spin workout, a spin studio type of a workout um, for when I'm pushing my racing chair indoors. Yeah, I've
0: I've, I've been with you at the at Energy Lab, oh, the right. spin studio, when mm-hmm. when you were in a computer trainer next yep. to me, and I was yeah, and the computer trainer was just on your front
1: wheel, and yes. I was on my back wheel. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yep. So I can do the exact same workout that you're doing mm-hmm. uh, in my hand cycle.
0: and you do yep. Um, and so, so, so generally speaking, physiologically, the 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 things that you're trying to accomplish with your workouts are are the same as the same sort of things I'm right, trying to accomplish. Right. Mine. So
1: yeah, because again, people with different disabilities may be a little bit different, but um, for for me specifically, right, I'm doing the doing the same things that you would be doing.
0: Very good, very good. And
1: then. Do you, do you get this ultimately the same sense of satisfaction out of doing it now that you did before? Yeah, I do. That's why I tell people it's, I mean, obviously a little different now, um, but I was an athlete before, and I knew I wanted to continue to be an athlete afterwards, so, um, but yeah, it's like that accomplishment, because I, I was an age grouper before, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was an elite athlete, and now I'm not, or I was not an elite athlete before, and I am now, so it's, I feel like I'm kind of in that same category almost. Uh, where I'm just like an age group or c- going out trying to beat people that's in my in my own group so like this this weekend I was trying to beat Ken because he's in, he's in the wheelchair division with me so he was the guy I was gunning for so John is a PC athlete but he's in a different division, so it wasn't as, you know, I still wanted to beat him, you know, because, you know, we're friends and we like to compete. But To say um, nothing of
0: all the, the, <laughs> the able-bodied athletes
1: you want to beat as well. Right, right. right, so, right. So, so, you know, I just, <laughs> and so for me, I, I like to go as fast as I can and try to beat my times from previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's somebody else in, in, that, in that race, like if I'm doing a 10K, uh, just pushing my racing chair, not doing a triathlon, you know, I want to beat all the wheelchair athletes. Um, and, and also try to beat my fastest time at the 10K distance. So that's that's typically the goal. Um,
0: Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: it's <laughs> no, so I'm not too worried about the, the able-bodied folks. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's more – like for me, I'm more internally motivated. So I'm trying to compete against myself, beat times that I've done in the past, or, or do something better than I've done in the past. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of – so it's similar, I think, that, that I was before because when I was an able-bodied athlete – I, and, again, I was just out there trying to win my age group. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was the goal every race. So. And that's still your goal now. Yeah. So, so, yeah, my goal now is just going out and, uh, again, trying to compete and enjoy it and have mm-hmm. fun and go as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but then really the big thing I want to accomplish is getting more people into the sport. Mm-hmm. And I feel like going out and racing and pe- other people seeing me, I think that will help. Absolutely. And, that, and it sort of fuels your competitive fire and
0: you can get more people on the line, potentially more mm-hmm. people that push you to higher yeah, levels, right? Exactly. That's, that's very cool, as a matter of fact. So very good. Well, with that in mind, um, I know you have a paratriathlon camp coming mm-hmm. kind up of the, yep. the, in this month. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So July 30th and 31st, we have a paratriathlon camp here in Atlanta. So it's going to be the Atlanta Triathlon Club along with the Shepherd Center is is organizing this. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of the lead of that camp. So on Saturday, the 30th, we're going to be at the Shepherd Center all day. We're going to do everything indoors and real controlled. So we'll be, do three stations. We'll have uh, a session in the pool. Then we'll transition to a session on the bike. So whether that's riding a, an upright bicycle on a trainer or riding a hand cycle on the trainer. And then there we'll have a station for the run. So the wheelchair athletes will push a racing chair on rollers indoors. Um, If there's single leg amputees or other ambulatory athletes, we have treadmills, an indoor track or just running up and down the basketball court for drills if that's what we want to work on. And then we'll have like a lunch and learn time where we'll be eating lunch and I'll talk a little bit about rules, about paratriathlon and uh, just kind of what it is. Because all all the folks that we want to come to this camp would be new to the sport. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's specifically for new people that are new to Mm paratriathlon. So they may participate in other wheelchair sports or other sports um with their disability but it's specifically for for new people at this camp and and then on sunday we're going to do a half day we're just going to do it in the morning at the silver common outdoors so what we do on saturday we'll set people up in the equipment that they need and then on sunday we're going to take it out on the 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 silver common Um, so it's kind of like getting that real world feel or out on the road feel but again, it's it's pretty controlled, and we'll have several volunteers. Each athlete will have at least one person with them the whole time to help with with, with whatever they need help with. We'll have able-bodied folks helping, and as well as other athletes with disabilities helping. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm very excited about it this year because this will be this is our first one. I've I've helped with other para triathlon camps. I've 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 been at one as an athlete when I first was injured. So, uh, I'm excited to uh, to organize our own. Cool. When, when you went to the one when you were first injured, who put that one on? Uh, getting to Try was mm-hmm. the one. Uh, Mike Lenhart mm-hmm. was here in, in Atlanta, and he organized that. And, yeah, it was great because it was the, the summer. I got hurt in June of 2010, so it was the following, following year that I went to his camp. And uh, then the following year, and since then, I went to uh, the camp as, as a mentor or a coach mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for several years because he, did, he didn't have one last year, and then he's up in Charlotte now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, um, he doesn't put the camp on here in Atlanta anymore, but uh, it was fun for for several years to to go back and and help other athletes. Absolutely,
0: very cool. So if somebody wants to take part in the camp, what do they do?
1: Well, they can reach out to me. Uh, they can shoot me an email. Uh, my email is smith underscore brad ou at yahoo.com. OU is in Ohio University. Yes, gotcha. <laughs> exactly. So uh, and then they can uh, just reach out to me, and we can get them signed up, or they can look at the Atlanta Triathlon Club webpage. And the uh, the link is listed there because what they have to do is create an account on Mind Body. It's a, a system that the club uses for registering, and then they'll get an email that has a link to the uh, the registration form.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And besides putting out podcasts and sharing posts on Facebook and that sort of thing, what what are and not just specific to the camp, mm-hmm. but but are there things that that able-bodied triathletes uh, that want to to help get more people? Um, uh, into the sport are there things that we can do as well
1: yeah I just what I always ask people if you know somebody that has a physical disability um, check with them to see if it's something they'd be interested in and it could be just one of the sports because uh, as most triathletes know you can do relays mm-hmm. so I know a lot of people relays are, are fun yeah yeah so so a lot of people are really f- scared of the swim especially if they're a wheelchair athlete or like for me having a spinal cord injury since you can't kick your legs, it can be a little scary to be in the water. So I understand that. So I encourage people to say, hey, if you already push with a racing chair, and you could probably ride a hand cycle, then come on out. Or We can do a relay, or you can do the two and just do a duathlon. Mm-hmm. Or if you, I have a, another person that's part of our club who does not do the run part, but she'll swim and she'll do a hand cycle. So she just does the aqua bike. Um, so I, I encourage people to know that. You can do one of the three sports. You can do two of the three. Or you can do all three. So if able-bodied athletes know friends or family members, just ask them if they're interested in and just put them in contact with me. Uh, and I can kind of help them through the process. And I, I love helping helping new people. That's kind of the, the thing that I like to do. I mean, working with elite athletes is great, too. But I just love getting those new folks in and just going for a nice, easy ride and just introducing it to them. Because I remember what it was like that first, my first hand cycle ride. Uh, just having that wind on my face again, it was it was just uh, it just opened my eyes to a whole new other world. So uh, I'd love to give that to other people. So I'm I'm a very motivated and and excited to uh, to help people like that. So just send them my way with that email address, and um, or they can reach out through the Atlanta Triathlon Club's mm-hmm. um, website, and and people in the club can put them in contact with me as well.
0: Absolutely, very
1: good. Yeah, you're not hard to get in contact with. So yeah. very good, very good. So what's next for you? So next, uh, I'm planning to do a a race that I haven't done yet. It's the uh, Georgia Veterans Try. It's Mm -hmm. the first weekend of August. Mm -hmm. I think it's the 6th. Um, I've heard it's wheelchair friendly from Jim Rainey, the race director, because I've done a, several of his races, so so I trust his judgment, um, so I'm so I'm excited to go down and try that, and then... Um, I,
0: I have a friend who's a triathlete in the Macon area, and he calls that the world championship, by the way, so just, yeah. just, just FYI. All right, excellent, yeah. excellent. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm
1: excited to try that, because again, I, I like to get out and try new races and, and other races, so if I find out that, yes, this one's definitely wheelchair friendly, then I can let other people know, and we can do multiple races, because... I don't wanna have people just doing one or two races. I'd like to get as many race directors involved in para-triathlon as I can so we can get more athletes involved. Um, so so I'm excited to try that new one. And then I'll do uh, I'll do another ten K in September I'll do the, the Big Peach Sizzler. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like that race that's on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to do this. So there's the next next two and I'll probably do a couple in the fall, a couple other Races, maybe a marathon in the fall. Mm-hmm. So, um, I got a few things on the calendar. you done a marathon before? Yeah, I've done one in my racing chair. Mm-hmm. So, and I've done two in my hand cycle. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, it, it would be really cool to be able to qualify for Boston mm-hmm. in my racing chair. So, I've got to find a good race to do because um, I have to do it under two hours, mm. which is moving nice. pretty fast in the yeah. racing chair because that's about my 10K pace right now. Okay. So, I got a little bit of work to do. But uh, I'm looking for a good uh, fall marathon to to try. I may try the Soldiers Marathon that's down in Columbus, Georgia. Um, I've heard that one's a pretty good one. So we'll try it. Um, Because my first one I did about a 238. Um, It was the Columbus, Ohio Marathon. And um, it was, I felt like I didn't train really well the last few weeks leading into the race. So I felt like if I was in better shape, I would have been a little bit faster. So I'm curious to have one on a on a on a good course that I've trained really well for and then see how fast I can go and then from there I can kind of measure whether I think that that 2 hours is uh is possible right on very good Brad I appreciate it man thanks yeah, for being man, with us for sure I definitely appreciate it
0: And there you have our interview with Brad Smith. Thanks for listening to it. I hope you found it as interesting as I did. Uh, If you have questions for Brad, please be sure to send them our way. For that matter, if you have questions about anything else that we talk about on the podcast or things you would like to hear us talk about on the podcast, send those our way too. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, at Pleasant Podcast. You can find us on our blog at mostpleasantexhaustion.blogspot.com. Or you can hook up with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasant podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our sponsors. First is ITL Coaching and Performance at itlcoaching.com. You can find them on Twitter at ITL Coaching uh, and on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash ITL Coaching and Performance. Uh, Finally, of course, don't forget about my wife, the travel agent. can hook you up with all sorts of good travel accommodations around the world, whether you're traveling for races or just traveling for pleasure. Uh, Facebook.com slash Casey Travel Planner. M-E-V or just drop her a line KC that's k-a-c-i-e at u-g-a dot edu. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to go online and give us a review on iTunes. That's very helpful. See you next time.